Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to another exciting World Series edition of Birds All Day. Uh, we're going to uh, dedicate at least another 20 minutes, maybe 30, to uh, Brandon Morrow and uh, all of the exploits of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, but no, we don't talk about the Dodgers. We talk about ex-Blue Jays, but really we talk about the Blue Jays. And that's what we're going to do here in late October when there's not a whole lot to talk about. But we will make do, right? And joining me in the making do, speaking, speaking of making do, uh, joining me as always. Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable making do in, in, at, a, in a live, lively setting. It's going to provide some background color. It might get us sued, uh, hopefully. If there's some good cop- copyrighted music going in the background. Uh, you know what? I think we'll be okay because I'm just I'm going to noise gate the hell out of my uh, audio track here. So mm-hmm. uh, anything that isn't like me speaking should be mostly quiet. We're hoping, but while I'm speaking, you might be able to make out some liveliness in the background. It is true. It's all liveliness. All good. All good. Uh, but it's only lively compared to um, the baseball world, the transactional baseball world, which is the world in which we live now because the World Series are going on. A great game, too, the other night between the Dodgers and Astros. I stayed awake for almost all of it. Can I tell you uh, something It was very about exciting. That? Can I tell you something What's about that? that? I, was, uh, I was very impressed with myself. I went out. Uh, I have I use uh, MLB TV on my uh, Roku, my uh, you know uh, smart TV fake stick thing, and yeah. uh, I went out and do, uh, in the seventh or eighth inning, and was like, oh damn, I'm gonna have to come back. Like the shit was starting to happen. I started to notice it happening and decided to not look at Twitter, not look at my phone at all, because on the Roku you could set it so that. Uh, when you pick a game that you want to watch, it won't tell you mm. what the score is, and I have it hidden. So that's smart. When I came back home, I didn't know who won, uh, and I was very impressed with myself for having gotten through, you know, a few hours out at the bar without, you know, hitting Twitter because it's such a reflex. It's I mm-hmm, just I'm mm-hmm. so addicted to that cesspool of garbage, uh, and I managed to do it, and then got home and watched the end of the game, and was very richly rewarded because that was unbelievable. It was crazy. I was actually. Uh, yeah, so I I was watching the bulk of it, and then I was dozing through the exciting parts, which is what one does. But the reason I was dozing was because the night before, during game one, uh, I was out at a show. I was actually at a show with Parks and Lewis and all kinds of exciting people like that. Uh, Parks and, and Jonah, Jonah Birnbaum, uh, they were, they, I was at the bar, and they were watching the game on Parks' phone at the Opera House. Uh, to the point where they got shushed by somebody <laughs> during the, one of the support acts. Somebody's like, can you take it outside? And they were, like, they were aghast because they were hooting and hollering watching, uh, watching game one of the World Series on Parks. Not, not the first time that's happened to Parks. I can assure you. <laughs> and uh, probably not the last either, I, I would hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, the World Series has been good so far. I'm glad that the the Astros won a game. Uh, you know, the Dodgers have this kind of somewhat invincible look about them at times um, until they until they get their best pitcher beat, and uh, suddenly anything is possible. Not their best pitcher, their best reliever. Zzz. But we're going to do what we always do on Birds All Day, which is, of course, a uh, listener-supported podca- podcast. So real quick, if you want to head over to patreon.com slash birdsallday, you can support us, kick, kiss, kick us a couple bucks a month to keep us living in the style to which we co- have grown accustomed. Keep us honest, keep us going here in the desert months of August. 
Um, and another thing you get if you go to Patreon and you help us out, you get to hear Super Bad, which is our uh, extended Patreon exclusive content podcast segment. Uh, I believe we're going to talk about managers fighting to the death today. We're going to pivot off an idea from Michael Bauman of The Ringer. Uh, we're going to talk about that on Superbad. So we'll uh, make Super sure Bad, you... Uh, which, which we've named after the uh, quality of the audio of my voice on this podcast. Well, but the, but the <laughs> tunes, the music in the background is super good. So, uh, you know, it works both ways. Um, but let's talk about the Blue Jays real quick. Uh, one thing I think we should talk about off the top uh, is the, uh, the revolving managerial door around baseball. Uh, John Farrell, former Blue Jays manager, is now the former Red Sox manager. Uh, who, uh, as many, everyone who was watching the ALCS, uh, or ALDS, watched uh, John Farrell. I, I, I believe we talked about this before, but he got thrown out of his last game as a Red Sox manager. Uh, but then the big news, bigger news today is uh, Joe Girardi is out in New York. Ten years as the Yankees manager, and it looks like the team decided to go it another way. So Joe Girardi is a free agent. Which, of course, led to many people, Blue Jays fans, because there is a very significant segment of Blue Jays fans who do not like what John Gibbons is all about. And now they're pining openly for either Girardi or maybe Dusty Baker even, I think. Uh, Not that Dusty Baker would come to Toronto. I I don't know. Maybe he would. Uh, But, uh, like, does this managerial kind of revolving door, does it mean anything? If you're a Blue Jays fan, you can't be you know, eyeing up a Joe Girardi type and, uh, and thinking that it's going to make a significant upgrade over John Gibbons. Can you? No. I mean, honestly, I, I like Joe Girardi. The, if, if there were a vacancy here, I would not turn up my nose at Joe Girardi or Dusty Baker, even this day and age. Dusty's got a raw deal, and he, like, smoked weed with Jimi Hendrix or something like that. So uh, <laughs> Dusty's okay in my book, uh, despite his previous reputation of, you know, shredding young arms. But... Uh, no, the people who are, are pining for somebody to replace John Gibbons, uh, those are uh, those are people I would like to use a, a an ad hominem a- attack against, which uh, is a thing I like to do. It uh, is. And I, I'm going to uh, do it in a roundabout way by just saying that, as opposed to specifically, you know, using a stupid word, uh, mm-hmm, to say that those, mm-hmm. are, those are dumb people and fuck off. It's true. I, one thing I will say... Uh, again, we don't spend too much time on this because it's all, it's, I mean, uh, I mean oh, well, another piece of news, Brian Butterfield, you know, beloved Blue Jays uh, infield instructor and, and third base coach, uh, late of the Red Sox, joined the Cubs as well. Um, but one thing I will say is that I wonder if there's something instructive about Joe Girardi's exit from New York and what's going to happen in Toronto when the old guard moves along because the Blue Jays in a not too long a period of time are going to become a very young team and maybe they'll need a younger or a manager that might be a little bit better suited to that sort of an environment there's some talk among Yankee fans that maybe there was some strife between Gary Sanchez and, and Joe Girardi and that could have been one of the reasons that sort of fueled it out I mean Girardi has He's been the Yankees manager for for the last ten years. So for nine of those years or eight of those years, he ten managed years. a veteran. I, I, I saw yeah. ten years, and I was like, "Holy shit, Joe Girardi's been there for ten years." I'm, yeah, I'm it's an crazy old, old man. But but all those times, all those years, the team has been a veteran team. They've been a team full of 
Alex Rodriguez's and Derek Jeter's and Mariano Rivera's, you know, obviously built to win and win now. Uh, now the Blue Jays aren't the same, but I can't help but wonder if maybe when the when the Tulowitzki Russell Martin um, uh, cohort as they are on their way out of out of Toronto, might that kind of be a convenient end to to the John Gibbons uh, era in Toronto? Not that I'm pining for Gibby to go, but as the younger squad comes up, it it may behoove the team to to have a, a younger manager to be, or just not just a fresh face and someone that the that the guys on the way up will maybe be a bit more familiar with. I, well, I don't know. Maybe that's just spec- clearly, that's obviously just speculation. But you're clearly going to have a leadership void when you have Marcus Stroman as your veteran. You know, uh, you know, with his behavior issues, obviously well documented. <laughs> uh, no, I mean Wedgie's going to be fine when he comes in and uh, takes over for uh, for Gibbons and starts uh, developing those young players. Wedgie's going to be great. Uh, well, it won't be as big an issue for Marcus Stroman because he'll be working with whoever it is that the man, the Yankees hire. So, you know, it's kind of, you can only worry too much about, about the future in that way. But, uh, but yeah, oh, and, and John Gibbons apparently, or not John Gibbons, John Farrell is a, a front, a finalist, a short list for the Phillies, uh, managerial, um, uh, slot. So, so we'll see. Um, and of uh, well, course, uh, AKA nobody's dream job. Well, maybe like uh, no, uh, nobody's poor. Poor Ryan close. Sandberg, I guess maybe. Oh yeah, what a oh, what a t- <laughs> screw job for him. Well, uh, you know what? Maybe it. maybe ride the buses. Maybe managing the minors before you insist you must start at the big league level. Very Mr. true. Hall of Famer. He's that's no it for this. That's what I. That's what I. That's it for this managerial talk. Of course, as I we mentioned before, check out Superbad after. Or on, on the other spot, <laughs> where we can hear you can hear us speak more and and highly and also insultingly of the many uh, of the of the big league managers and uh, who would win in a bar fight because I think that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, speaking of a bar fight, is there a bar fight st- st- shaping up for the to be the team that owns the Blue Jays? Uh, you uh, irresponsibly and without any uh, regard for human life. Speculated maybe the, the Rogers is getting set to sell. I sure um, as fuck did not do that irresponsible. That was I, <laughs> I, I bought a trial subscription to the Globe's fucking paywall service. I will have you know, so that I could guiltlessly quote uh, Derek Willits. I think is the Andrew Andrew Willits. Andrew Willits. Uh, it, it, and I had somebody tell me. Oh, if Willis is saying it, then uh, then maybe there's something to it. I don't know. So not reckless, not reckless. It's uh, uh, a, a bunch of people. You know, people have opinions about this. It turns out, especially in the off season, uh, which is sort of my jam. This is I, I. It's been a long time since there's been an off season after a year where, uh, you know, nobody gives a shit about the team for the last like three months of the season, uh, mm-hmm. and I've really, I'm really feeling, I'm really feeling in the zone here. Uh, this is my comfort zone. Just talking about this garbage. Uh, well, good. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I I don't think that that's that that's crazy though. I think I I understand some people came about and said uh, that it might not necessarily make sense to Rogers because their cable de- business is so dependent on uh, subscriptions, which are driven by uh, by sports in a lot of ways. You know, that's such a that's such a huge element of what will keep people going back to uh, to cable. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's you know, I, I, 
if you're a cable executive and you really believe that, that's probably uh, you're not really doing a great job. I don't think. I think you know MLB TV is is carving off people every year. Streaming cutting, uh, port cutting is carving off everybody. Uh, you know, people all the time. Um, so I don't know. And, and and I think the idea is that Joe Natale, the uh, uh, the, the the new CEO of Rogers, who ran Telus was very focused there on their core assets, which may be, you know, maybe because TELUS has nothing other than their core assets. So, you know, it doesn't have a giant media division and a giant TV, you know, sports TV network and all the other, you know, Rogers has got a lot of its fingers in a lot of pies. Um, but the idea might be that, you know, in order to uh, bring up the, the, the company at large, uh, to sort of divest themselves of these peripheral businesses that maybe don't, really contribute and and I think his theory or the people speculating about how he thinks would say uh, distract from the bottom line and the core business which for Rogers is you know phones internet cable uh, cellular all that shit uh, so I don't know it doesn't seem entirely far-fetched that Rogers could uh, at some point want to sell the Blue Jays and maybe I don't know maybe it's a pipe dream maybe that's something that we as Blue Jays fans, sick of Rogers' ownership, I just want to believe, but I don't know. It, it feels now more than any time since, you know, since I've been following as closely as I have, which has basically only been in the Rogers era. Uh, it feels like it could actually be a thing. I mean, uh, and, and, and sorry to, to, to continue, I, I mean, to see, uh, you know, the way that MLSE works, and this is what I wrote about in the article as well, is that Dave Schultz had a piece in the Globe about a year ago talking about how uh, just the accounting of it in, in terms of if you're a majority stakeholder, you have to, uh, it, there's just, I, you know, I'm a complete layman when it comes to this accounting shit, but basically uh, you have to be more transparent about where your money is coming from and going and you have to make it balance better than uh, if, you know, the MLSC situation where, you know, 37.5% is owned by Bell, 37.5% is owned by Rogers, and Larry Tannenbaum owns the rest because nobody's in majority stakeholder uh, the way the, the losses and the way that their money works doesn't necessarily reflect on the share, uh, the share price of Rogers or Bell because they're not majority stakeholders. Uh, in a way, in, in a way that the Blue Jays, because Rogers is a majority holder, does. Uh, I'm sure there's like accounting people and, and, and cringing here for both the accounting reason and the fucking audio reasons, uh, but <laughs> but. I, there, there are beneficial reasons for uh, for the uh, for the Blue Jays, obviously, uh, but even for Rogers to like sell it to themselves to a a, a, a branch that's co-owned by somebody else that could maybe allow them to uh, to do things like spend, you know, make big outlays of cash on things that don't necessarily have to go into the year-end books in a mm -hmm. more transparent way, in a way that will impact the stock price, because that's ultimately what it's all about, is the, you know, what the shareholders get, what the stock price is, and that's kind of the thing that the Blue Jays are caught in. No, it's, uh, it's all very possible. Again, I wonder... I, I, I think we're also at the point in, in, in baseball, or, or if you're a sports fan... The, the stakes are so high and the costs are so prohibitive that like the idea of someone buying it and treating it like a toy, like corporate ownership is just kind of the way it's going to be, right? Am I, like, is that crazy to think? 
I mean, uh, or is anyone expecting Derek Jeter to go into Miami and like suddenly they have a two hundred million dollar payroll? Like, well, I, what, I can't see that. What I would say to that is that I, I remember Jeff Blair saying, you know, a few years back that MLB is, you know, like you you look at how the NFL works. Like the MLB may not approve more corporate owners. I think Blair's thing was basically they're through with that. They want people to come in and use them as toys and to and to do it that way. Uh, and so maybe that's why you see a Jeter and, a, and you know Interesting. A, a private ownership group. So I, I don't know that corporate ownership is necessarily the way of the future. I hope not because it's been it's been shitty. But it's weird to actually do have seen some of the reactions of people who you know in this idea, which you know for everybody's like for years and years, fuck Rogers, get get them out from under Rogers. You know this is you know they're just this small piece of this terrible empire that doesn't really care about winning. They're all at the bottom line, and then as soon as the prospect of them possibly being owned by someone else comes up it's like oh shit well are they going to do right by them are they going to just cut the budget like you know maybe rogers isn't so bad you know you start mm-hmm. you start, suddenly start thinking like oh the pagula is going to run it like they're the fucking buffalo sabers or or you know there, there are a number of examples of not great uh citizen owners citizens in quotes because you know they're obviously like fat cat scumbags but uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, I, I, I don't know. But uh, in a lot of ways, it would be real. It'd be real nice to see them be able to extort money for broadcast rights, which they can't do under Rogers. It'd be really nice to see them, uh, uh, in, like the like I was, the stuff I was rambling about before, and the way that they can, you know, just move money around, not transparently, which are which are really you know that's a thing that I fundamentally as a as a person don't believe in I think that's bullshit <laughs> that, that you know I, I, that just murky corporate shady power money moving around you know that mm. I, I, but uh, but it does seem like it would be beneficial to the baseball team I want to see win so in that instance I'm okay with it uh, speaking of moving money around there's been a lot of talk hope uh, of money being moved around to make a significant change to the Rogers Center uh, what you wrote about this week, uh, pivoting off something that Stephen Brunt said, which is the idea of putting grass in the Rogers Center has, has been nothing short of a pipe dream, and it's never going to happen. Uh, which is, uh, it's just more like a rude wake-up call than anything else. Um, it was obviously something that was floated by uh, the predecessor to Mark Shapiro, Paul Beeston, who was never... Never met a grift he didn't want to attempt, or never, never, never met the, never met any wool he never he was wasn't willing to pull over the eyes of the Blue Jays season ticket holders. But uh, Saint Paul Houston, yeah. how dare you, sir? That's why he doesn't have any. That's why he doesn't wear socks because he uses all the wool to pull over the. Uh, <laughs> but Brunt, like, with some pretty serious truth here when he's saying like the way. It, there was no guarantees it was going to work, and if they went and went crazy and tried it, and then they ended up screwing the place up even more, it'd be a nightmare. Um, I, I mean, it's people are always going to cling to this idea, and it, it's it's sort of obviously it would be great. It would be so much better for the players and for the quality of the you know aesthetic quality of the product, and you know I think that the 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 playability of the current surface is brought. It's kind of quieted a lot of it down. Doesn't doesn't look quite as corny. Doesn't play quite as corny, but uh, uh, it's it still sucks to see. And it's, this is the kind of thing that's going to get people upset, right? They're like, ah, oh, uh, grass, but it's never going to happen, right? Yeah, I think it's never going to happen. 
I mean, no, I, I think Brunt was absolutely bang on. Uh, and this, I mean, this is a tangent, but also Mark Sparrow talked about that when he was on the Jays from the Couch podcast and also talked about it a little bit when he talked to uh, future Blue Jays, which used to be Clutchlings, and I'm, you know, uh, uh, I laugh a little bit because I'm like, what is Mark Sparrow doing talking to blogs? That's a little odd. Not that I, they're both very good sites and sites everybody should check out, but uh, that was a, that was almost... At the, at the tail end of it, when I started noticing that, that was, like, the most interesting aspect of it. Because, yeah, the, the grass thing, I think a year ago, Mark Shapiro said, you know, it's probably a low priority. And they, uh, I think, uh, I think it was Future Blue Jays. It might have been, uh, it might have been Jays from the couch. Somebody, some, some bloggers who went and talked to Mark Shapiro or had him on the podcast, which, again, I say that. Like with my mouth agape because I'm not sure what the hell's going on there. Uh, though, you know, probably not a coincidence maybe with the way that the PR folks have all been fired and maybe it's part of a new <laughs> strategy to talk to. I, I, don't, I don't know. It'd be a weird coincidence if it wasn't. But uh, I, I think he said, uh, they said that, you know, the, the idea of, of free agents not wanting to come here, it's like that's not really how they're going to build a team anyway. And I think they probably think that you know what, we're going to build a good enough team that free agents are going to come here because they want to come here because we have a good team because, you know, we're not going to start playing in that pool until we're looking for a guy who's going to put us over the top and it's going to be mutually beneficial, you know, as opposed to the idea of, like, we need grass so that we can get good free agents so that we can be good. And it's like, that's not really the roster construction ideal. Uh, Mark Shapiro, go on Chapo. Uh, also, also from yeah. the, from the background here, I don't know if anybody can hear that. Uh, shout out to Fat Dom, Fat Domino on Blueberry Hill playing in the background. Yeah, um, Bo's, Bo's really turning that shit out. Uh, if Marshall Power wants to come on, he, this... I didn't know he was dead until, uh, or I didn't know he was alive until I found out he was dead. Well, uh, that's not unfair. He was ninety three years old, and uh, his uh, you know those songs are are timeless, but also very old. Uh, Bunch of yeah, should come on this show. Yeah, he should, yes. Bro, can sure you imagine? Could, I'm sure we could get him on. We could. You, you could be in a bar that's playing live, that's playing like uh, soul and like northern soul and like for all 45s, and uh, he could be running a marathon probably. He, he could be talking to us on Bluetooth, uh, and it would just be uh, a, an auditory joy for all. Does he, does, he, does he strike you as a marathoner? I think he's got like 26.2 sticker in the back of his Nissan Leaf or something like that. I, I did. When, I, when the firing thing first came up, I wrote about it. I mentioned uh, Sebastian Gattaca, the, the PR guy, and mm-hmm. how he had, he'd emailed me before. Uh, I also mentioned him having a, a stand-up desk. Mm-hmm. And I, did, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about when I, in that post. But uh, he did email me. Like, he gave me his, his, a nice, and he confirmed he does have a stand-up desk. Like of course they do. Of course they all do. He does. I wish I had one. I don't have one. I, all the executives uh, where I work now, they all they've all got stand up desk. That's me. But, no. But uh, but actually the uh, the the future Blue Jays piece on the Shabiro interview was really interesting and wide ranging. And and you know he said he went in to talk about the minor league system and ended up talking about a bunch of things. And Shabiro was kind of forthcoming with him. But also he talks about he's like yeah I went in I got, I just I barely got there. Uh, you know, I was shuffling over to Mark's desk, and it, his office is 
His office is more cramped than you think, and uh, Ross Atkins was just making coffee next door. He gave the impression of it being just like a real, you know, small mom and pop kind of kind of an office, which, you know, knowing the predecessor, maybe uh, maybe that makes sense. But uh, it was interesting. It's worth a read. Uh, but in it, it also talks about the grass thing, which yeah, low priority, I, not a. I think yeah. no, not a thing. I think that I do think that's something that we probably all of us have like different visions in our mind of what it's like in the Blue Jays baseball operations office where it is definitely like an office. Like they, they're standing around talking about this is us and shit like that in the, in the morning when they all arrive. And, <laughs> yeah, like, when I, it when, is, yeah. When I, when I interviewed Alex Anthopoulos, I got like ushered into like the shitty boardroom and then he came wandering in and we just sat in this like very standard issue boardroom that was like the tables all got coffee rings and stuff on it. There were no like, no scattering reports hanging around, but uh I really would like, I'd like to see them go with like a more of a post and beam kind of open concept thing. I think that's uh, that's what's in nowadays. I'd like to see well, that the, with the desk, like with the executive desk, all right up with the riffraff. No, that's Plato. <laughs> Come on. I could see it in um, my mind. You could see it in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, other stuff that we can talk about. Something that you wrote about, which is going to send shiver, like other shivers up people's spines. Um, how about an R.A. Dickey reunion? Hey. Eh? Hey? 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 I don't know. Ari Dickey. He's bad. But I did it 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 really it really you could tell a lot about fans by the way they react to just the very notion. And uh the ones who just tweet no 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 back at me when I was like maybe the Jays should look at Ari Dickey. Uh they I don't they, they don't grade out quite as well for me. As the ones who are like, maybe we should think about this, and then ultimately decide, probably not. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. I, I can't see. I, I, I don't know that it would be the. Is it the best place for him? Like personally, I, I, that that is the kind of the, the question that he's left to probably answer himself. Like what you know, he chose Atlanta probably for a particular reason. It's, he he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who's chasing rings around. Um, you know, there's a proximity to his home. His kids are, you know, he's an older guy. His kids are that much older, whatever it might be. Um, I just, uh, I wonder. I mean, I, I feel like he's much more likely to resign with the Mets than anywhere else. I mean, that just seems like something that's more likely to happen. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, who's your competition for a starting spot? I guess is the thing. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't need competition. Maybe he had a good enough season that. Somebody's just gonna say, "Hey, this is this is your job. We're, you don't have to beat Joe Biagini out in spring training. We're gonna give it to you." But I think it, actually, if the Jays looked at him, that that would be the problem. I uh, yeah, I would be much happier to see them like go after a, a, a Drew Hutchison or a Tyler Chatwood or or uh, somebody who uh, maybe doesn't needs to establish himself as opposed to his like being handed a job I, I don't know if that's the right approach but mm. uh, I like the idea of like get a lot of guys like quantity over over like quality in terms of fifth starter because you know quality just isn't that high to begin with I guess the difference in quality I think is is um uh is probably the biggest thing right like obviously everyone would want a person who has a high ceiling and i think with dickie there that ceiling isn't there 
So if you're if you're picking up depth starters, is it are you after ceiling or floor? I think is is maybe the better way of thinking it. Are you do you want someone that you know you can put out there and isn't gonna like stink up the joint and just be useless and ruin your bullpen for a week, or are you looking for someone who has a chance to like surprise you and turn into you know money for nothing and be you know the the kind of reclamation project that everyone wants to hang their hat on? Uh, I I feel like you can if you look at what they've got. There's a bit of a mix there, right? I feel like, or what they had even, like a Brad Anderson is more of a, his floor is pretty established. And uh, with the uh, the other guy, Tom Kohler, Tom Kohler uh, yeah. you know, kind of like a, I think his, I mean, for the most part of 2017, you it kind of blew the idea of what his floor might have been away. But I still think that you, you before that, or barring that, you got to feel like you have a, good sense of what he is so if there is like a chatwood or somebody else out there or you know if it, it maybe maybe even like a like a drew hutcherson someone who uh you know could maybe offer you a little bit more even though hutcherson <laughs> never really offered anyone anymore also, also somebody tweeted a picture of hutcherson from triple a this year and uh I'm, I'm starting to feel that maybe meets don't clash oh really <laughs> yeah i think they're like yeah he might not have the same uh the same discipline in terms of keeping himself in the highest physical shape as possible. And then tweeted like his headshot from fucking whatever the Pirates AAA team is. Uh, Altoona uh, Curve, aren't they? No. It, it very well could be. No, I think that's double A. I have to remember from my MVP 2008 days. <laughs> Were you but, Redding, um, maybe? I don't know. I don't know who they're. No, Redding is, the, Redding is the Phillies. For sure. Indianapolis, I think. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, let's save it for the quiz. Save it for the year-end quiz. Oh, uh, we didn't do that last year, did we? Uh, we might not have. We, we just we were very te- technologically limited. For example, I cannot uh, get away from extremely loud music in a bar while I podcast. But that's, you know, part of our charm. Uh, one hopes. One hopes. Is that it's um so very bad. Uh, is there anything else? There's nothing else really going on. I mean, uh, I feel like yesterday... I mean, there's Marcus Stroman and Greg Zahn whipping their dicks out. But other than that, yeah. There's Marcus Stroman literally literally wrapping himself in the American flag when he's traveling in Europe. I I, I can't get into this. It it will end in tears. Uh, I just... Oh... (laughs) Marcus Stroman and Ryan Goins are, if you don't follow them on Instagram... Uh, they're in it. They're in. Um, they're in France right now. They were partying in Paris, which is delightful, which is uh, which is so nice for them. Oh, the the Brewers extended Chase Anderson today. So oh, and uh, and future Blue Jay Eric Sogard as well. Oh yeah, future Blue Jay Eric Sogard. That's a that's a shame. He uh, you know he has a lot to offer. He was great this year. <laughs> I had I had a back and forth about Eric Sogard with uh, Hebsey, Mark Hebsher, on Twitter. Today. Like the Hebsher? Yes, and it still fucks me up because he's like, I don't know, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of his opinions, and uh, you know we were we had a couple tweets back and forth, and I, I'm civil, but I, at the same time I'm extra civil because I'm like it's fucking Hebsey. I have mm-hmm. like a VHS of the Hebsey Awards somewhere. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's a trip. <laughs> I, did, I co-hosted four hours of radio with Jim Taddy. It blew my mind. I could not get over it. Of course it did. 
good sports. How line. could it not blow your mind? Yeah. Yeah. CHCH um, powerhouse station of fucking the golden horseshoe. Oh, Matt Bush had surgery. Uh, I don't know. I'm just. I'm also thinking about just the, just just what we've seen in the World Series. Um, I saw a couple of people talking about this actually as it comes back to the World Series and and that what what you what we can kind of glean or you know the state of the Blue Jays versus the state of the two teams that are currently battling for that World Series and somebody made the point that like between these two teams there's like 44 good really good players that are that are on the field right now <laughs> like there aren't a lot of guys who you'd be yeah. like what that guy played in the World Series like there are all really really nice players on both these teams and and uh it, it you know the Astros don't look out of place in the na- in the National League park like they're able to kind of do some things the Astros have the I feel like the Astros have the benefit of having like two decent but not good catchers I mean we talked I don't know if we talked about Brian McCann um I know that we were what Parks and Lewis and Blake Blake Murphy I didn't I didn't mention Blake when we were talking about the show the other night Blake was there uh, Lewis Parks and of course Meredith the the queen of Blue Jays Twitter herself um but Brian McCann has like lived long enough to become a hero, sort of thing. Like he was, he was, he was sort of villainous. But now I'm just like have nothing but respect for him. He's been a really, really good player for a really long time. Um, I mean, he's not he's not the greatest catcher. He doesn't look as bad as poor Gary Sanchez back there. But uh, but uh, I don't know. They, they're just they're you know you don't have to admire the way that either of the teams have maybe built gone about building themselves. But uh, man. They're really fun to watch. They're two really, really, really good teams. And apparently all they do is hit home runs. Exclusively home <laughs> runs. Are you, are you suggesting that it's nice to not have, say, the Kansas City Royals in the World Series, for example? Oh, yeah. To, oh, to yeah. Actually, to actually have, like, clearly the two best teams in baseball all year actually playing and just savoring every night that you get to watch two teams uh you know, duke it out in a seven-game series, and I hope that it does go the full seven. I mean, yeah, this is these playoffs. I don't know if it's that I've paid more attention to them because I haven't been, you know, I've been starved for baseball as opposed to the mm-hmm. last couple of years, where you know I do this, this. I do the same thing that I do when the Dutch inevitably exit the World Cup on penalties or some other, you know, bullshit uh, when they, you know, when they actually qualify, which apparently they don't do anymore. Uh, where I just I can't you know I could I had a really hard time watching the 2015 World Series and the 2016 mm-hmm. World Series, uh, but man this this has been great and the whole playoffs this year have been fantastic. I mean obviously last year's World Series was uh, I got there in the end thank fuck because that was ridiculous. But I was like uh, Grant Brisby taking heat for talking about how ridiculously good yesterday's game two or you know uh, whatever uh, Wednesday's game two was. Mm-hmm. And people were like, he's like, yeah, it was the, one of the best World Series games in recent memory. And people are like, uh, game seven last year. And he's like, yeah, that was a pretty standard extra inning game. Like, it's a game that kind of happens as opposed to, you know, Laz Diaz getting hit mm-hmm. in the fucking torso. And also, like, it, it was, you know, it was just an incredible game, uh, game two. And it sets up what we all, I think, hope is going to be. I saw an amazing an awesome tweet series. that was like, um, it was it was from last night. It said or from Wednesday night. It said twenty six. It was something like twenty six point seven percent of all World Series extra inning home runs have been hit in the last hour. Like there were. <laughs> <laughs> I, somebody, I think I retweeted that like there have been four extra inning World Series home runs that didn't 
tie the game or put the team in the lead, and three of them were last night. Or like That's that. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look at the Astros and I see a team that uh, they have the good sense to have Kevin Pillar come off the bench sometimes. Yeah. Or, or when he plays, right? Like basically, they have Jake Marisnik, who is who is not dissimilar from Kevin Pillar. Maybe not quite the hitter, but I mean, obviously, a lot of those things are. And this not is something quite we, the we, hitter. What a you know, the bar is set pretty high. But you know, and it's it. it it's it's what we've said about about it's what you say about any player that Pilar is difficult to replace, but if you can upgrade him, then that's something you got to do, right? That's well, Mo Marisnik was really good this year as a in terms of at, at the plate. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Good for you. But Jake no, you, but you're right. It's like you look, like just every player on both those teams. You're like, oh, I wish my team had good players like that guy. Like they're all good. They're all. They like, are all good. It, it's like you know. Uh, yeah, the J the Jays have some okay players. They have some very good players. I mean, they have a guy who won the fucking MVP, but it's not. And this is, I think, not to be the shill about the front up, but like this is what they talk about when they're like you know depth <laughs> about how like the theory of roster construction that is currently. Uh, reshaping the Blue Jays, hopefully. I mean, we haven't seen the fruits of it really very much, but the idea of being like, yeah, maybe maybe just have someone who's pretty good everywhere would be a good idea instead of maybe instead of like blowing your brains out to get like four good guys and then you'll figure it out later. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh it is it, you know, it, I just I do. I find myself marveling at both those teams just being like, yeah, oh, Springer fucking Altuve, Correa, Bregman, like you just you know you just go down there, you know they're maybe not, you know well Altuve and, and Correa maybe not are, are not involved, but they're they're not. It's not like a superstar at every position, but the floor is very very high for both those teams. Definitely, definitely. Um, we shouldn't stick around too much longer. We're gonna we got to do the other uh, the other segment, but uh, but yeah. Uh, the more stuff starts to come. By the time we do the next one of these, the World Series will be over, and then there'll be lots of decisions to make, and there'll be lots of guys to uh, to pick over. Do you have anything else to say? Any any other parting shots other than uh, paying your respects to Fats Domino? No, I I don't. I just uh, I'm just going to apologize again for the audio and also for how late this podcast is showing up because uh, it's probably going to be t- take me a while to edit because. We try to get it as good as I possibly can, but we'll see. Uh, well, but for no. that, we're in your all, all in your debt. Yeah, Thank well, you. I'm in everybody. I've been everybody who listens to debt. So let's let's be honest. Here. Let's all be honest. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for this edition of Birds All Day. As we said before, check out uh, Superbad at Patreon.com/slash Birds All Day, and of course, you can search Birds All Day on uh, on iTunes if this is your first time, or you haven't subscribed for whatever reason. Subscribe. Get it right there. Boom. As soon as it's up. As soon as Soton finishes finagling. This isn't going to be the last time you had to do a heavy edit job, though. Let's uh, no, let's all remember that. You won't you won't be in a deep pit of despair when you <laughs> when you finish editing. It'll be uh, fun with the anxiety. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm doing so fine. The 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 anxiety. The idea of anxiety is one of the best things I've ever heard. One of the best like clever little plays on words. Uh, and I don't remember where I read it, but I would just wish to tip my hat. To whoever it is that coined that phrase, because uh, 
I'm not one of those people that's always all my feelings, but like the the idea of like anxious ha- hangovers. Oh, oh, don't ever get old, people. It is a nightmare. <laughs> it is a living, walking nightmare. <laughs> all right, that's it. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>